sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to a Tuesday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159, all across the Sports Grid network as well. And that includes sportsgrid.com slash watch, where you can find your favorite destination to consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday. It is a jam packed Tuesday live right here on the morning after more postseason action around both the NBA and the NHL in the Stanley Cup playoffs and in the association 3-1 leads all across the board even in the most unlikely of destinations and during this week a monumental week for the National Football League where the focus is on the future the stars of the college game taking that next step into the National Football League a focus on the future as well and that's where we begin a change for two NFL organizations in one quarterback it is now official Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet the trade finalized yesterday between the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets, something we have followed for well over a month, certainly since March 15th, a Wednesday afternoon when Aaron Rodgers appeared on the Pat McAfee show and said for himself for the first time his desire to play in New York. It took 40 days to get this deal done, but now it is official. You can see the draft compensation there. We'll break it all down in our next segment as we get Joe Lisi's reaction to this monumental deal. But after 18 years with the same organization with Green Bay, 15 years as the starter, Aaron Rodgers now has a new home. He will leave Green Bay as the longest tenured Packer in the illustrious history of that franchise he will leave Green Bay as a four-time NFL MVP and a one-time Super Bowl champion Super Bowl 45 back in 2010 and for the first time in his National Football League career he will play for a different team in the Big Apple for the New York Jets here is the expectation for Aaron Rodgers the individual quarterback entering 2023 4,000 and a half is his passing yards prop. 29 and a half his passing touchdowns number. He is 16 to 1 to win the NFL MVP. Something he did in consecutive seasons in both 2020 and 2021. Going well over both of those prop numbers you see right there. But last year was one of the worst years of Aaron Rodgers' 15 seasons in the National Football League as a starter. He has started 15 or more games. 13 times in his NFL career. Last year was a career low in passing yards, 3,695. The second lowest touchdowns number of his career with only 26. And the second highest interceptions number in a single season for Rodgers. He finished 2022 with 12. Plenty more reaction. Aaron Rodgers now officially a New York Jet and what the future holds for Gang Green coming up in our next segment. But we focus on playoff basketball around the association. Jimmy Butler is that man. Jimmy Butler for the Miami Heat as the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference has the NBA's best team all regular season long. The Milwaukee Bucks on the brink 
of elimination. The Heat victorious last night from a historic performance from Jimmy Butler. 119-114 despite the return of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Miami wins outright as a seven and a half point underdog. Quickly, we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here. The opening hour of a Tuesday on TMA. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. The Heat have a 3-1 series lead in their opening round set against the NBA's best team in the regular season. The top seed in the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks. 119-114 the victory last night. Miami has been booked as an underdog in all five games or four games, excuse me. Of course, they have won outright in three of them. NBA teams who are victorious this postseason, 30-2 and two also against the spread. All four totals have gone over in this series. History last night for the Heat organization. Jimmy Butler scores 56 points. He had 22 at the end of the first quarter. He was 19 of 28 from the floor, shooting nearly 60 eight percent those 56 points the most a miami heat player has scored in franchise history in the playoffs jimmy butler had 35 points in game number one 25 points in game number two a 30 piece in game number three he continues his tear here in the playoffs and despite the return of Giannis last night despite the line working in favor of milwaukee the bucks closing as a seven and a half point favor despite Giannis putting up a triple-double of 26 points, 10 rebounds, and 13 dimes, and playing 38 minutes with that injured back. Milwaukee is on the brink of elimination right now in the opening round of the NBA postseason with the Heat holding a 3-1 series lead and Miami a minus-152 series outright favorite. Late night in Los Angeles, inside Crypto.com Arena, we go to overtime between the Lakers and the Grizzlies. And L.A., like Miami, now holds a 3-1 series advantage as well. There's been a lot of chatter, at least there was early on in this series, between Dylan Brooks poking the bear and coming for the king. But when you take a shot at the king, you best not miss. And LeBron James did not miss last night. The game-sealing bucket in overtime against Dylan Brooks for the hoop and the harm, and the Lakers win by six, covering as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. They have a 3-1 series lead. Plenty more from the NBA playoffs later on in this opening hour, but more Aaron Rodgers' reaction up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It is officially draft week in the National Football League, and it is official as well. Aaron Rodgers is now the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. With so much football front and center this week, who do we need to call on here on TMA? For the first time in what feels like way too long, it's the mastermind of the pigskin, Joe Lisi. Joins us here on the morning after for some Aaron Rodgers trade reaction now that it is officially a done deal and we will set the stage for what we will see starting on Thursday night in the NFL drafts opening round here in 2023. Lisi, as always, thank you for joining us here on the morning after. 
Always a pleasure. The calm before the storm, Ben, doesn't get better than this, does it? We sat on radio yesterday, and I said, when are the Jets going to get Aaron Rodgers? About three hours later, the deal was signed, sealed, and delivered. And now we have to see how this plays out for the New York Jets in terms of the AFC East, their title hopes. I can't believe that they're 14-1 to 1 right now to win the Super Bowl right in striking distance with Joey Silk in Cincinnati. It's absolutely ridiculous to me. And Joe, we'll look at what 2023 has in store for Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. But first, let's start with the trade. You mentioned the timeline, Joe. We are two days away from the opening round of Thursday's NFL Draft kicking off. What did you make of the timing of this deal that Aaron Rodgers is now officially a New York Jet? Well, I think they had to get it done before the draft, right? Green Bay takes the New York Jets 13 overall pick. I think the biggest thing is the 65% in terms of plays that if Aaron Rodgers does play this season, right, they get a first-round draft pick in 2024. I think that's the biggest thing in terms of upside for the Green Bay Packers. And it's all about accumulating uh, obviously, players for that roster, right? I, I told Carver last night, Ben, wouldn't it be a slap in the face if at number 13 overall, the Green Bay Packers select Jackson Smith Njigba from Ohio State mm. or Ohio State wide receiver or another Jordan Addison? That was the biggest thing that Aaron Rodgers complained about in terms of his tenure in Green Bay. If they were to do that, it says good riddance. We're moving on, and Jordan loves our guy. It is the future of the Packers franchise now. After 18 years with Aaron Rodgers in the organization, 15 as their starter. So, Joe, you mentioned that draft compensation. And by all reports, this was the holdup. What exactly would New York be getting along with Aaron Rodgers? And what would Green Bay be getting in return? The two organizations swap first-round picks in 2023 for Thursday night's opening round. The Packers now have the Jets' 13th overall pick. New York takes number 15. Of course, they also get Aaron Rodgers and a fifth rounder this season. A second rounder going to the Green Bay Packers, number 42 overall for Friday night's day number two. They get a sixth rounder this year. And Joe, the big piece is that conditional second round draft pick for next year. But if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the plays for New York this year, that conditional second rounder becomes a first rounder. So Joe Lisi, when you look at the trade package that is now officially done for Aaron Rodgers, which team do you think won the deal? I think it's Green Bay because at the end of the day, was Aaron Rodgers playing at an elite level last year? Absolutely not, right? His two interceptions cost the team an opportunity to make it to the playoffs. He struggled in back-to-back -back games against the Detroit Lions. We saw him turnover prone. We didn't see him dialed in. And I said it throughout the week. Are we going to expect a 360-degree turnaround now that he's with the New York Jets? Is he going to work with the younger wide receivers to develop the quarterback to wide receiver relationship certainly didn't do that with Christian Watson Amari Rodgers and all the young talent in Green Bay so why do we expect it now that he's with the New York Jets I think Green Bay did the right thing they moved on they have a young quarterback in Jordan Love that they need to develop and see what they have and they have young playmakers there Christian Watson was one of the best wide receivers in the league if he can continue in terms of that progression with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones 
Jones, they're going to be just fine, in my opinion, from an offensive perspective. And, Lisey, that will be the question for the New York Jets in 2023. Which version of Aaron Rodgers are they getting? The two-time back-to-back NFL MVP in 2020 and 2021. Very recent as well, or a quarterback last year that had one of the worst years in his National Football League career. 4,000 and a half is his passing yards prop for 2023. But Joe, let's go big picture overall for the New York Jets, a team that has a win total now of nine and a half after they finished last year with just seven wins. They are the second shortest price to win the AFC East division. And frankly, Joe, it's the number to win the AFC championship plus 850, the fourth best price Lisi, what do you believe is the realistic ceiling for the new york jets in 2023 i think they might get into the playoffs that's the upside and i think maybe one playoff win i don't think they're going to win a super bowl i don't think they're going to the afc championship and quite honestly when you look in the afc east ben outside of the new england patriots they don't match up that great against the miami dolphins and buffalo bills there's no guarantee that they're going to go 4-0 aaron Rodgers at the helm in the division so at the end of the day they might be the third best team in the afc east right now and at the end of the day i still think they need the rushing attack with Brees hall to be effective we have only time will tell but if we're looking at the top teams in the conference pat mahomes in kansas city josh allen in the buffalo bills joey silk in cincinnati i mean an up-and-coming jacksonville team justin herbert with the la chargers they are up against it and let's not forget that deshaun watson's with cleveland there's no guarantee that this team is even going to make the playoffs this coming season Three current quarterbacks in the National Football League have won a league MVP award. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, of course, four of those trophies for Aaron Rodgers. All three now play in the AFC. Minus 162, Joe. That's the price for the New York Jets to make the playoffs, something they have failed to do since the 2010 campaign, a 12-year playoff drought in the National Football League. We focused a ton on what this all means for the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers now with a new NFL organization for the first time in his career. We haven't focused so much, Joe, on the future for the Packers. Now with their third quarterback in the last three decades, Jordan Love. Joe, what do you believe the outlook is for Green Bay this upcoming season? I think bright, and I'll, I'm going to alt their total. I think they could be a 10 or an 11 win football team this coming season. They have the pieces in place from an offensive perspective. They can run the football effectively, like I mentioned with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And at the end of the day, it's tempered expectations. Nobody is expecting Green Bay to compete within the in the NFC and more importantly within the division. And let's keep an eye out outside of our guy, Justin Fields. Detroit is erratic. Minnesota is erratic there's no no telling green bay could steal the division without aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. and still get into the playoffs and make some noise with a young talent base detroit right now is the favorite to win the nfc north the plus 410 number for green bay the longest odds in the division the packers won the nfc north eight of the last 12 years eight divisional crowns with aaron Rodgers at the helm joe it is draft week And the New York Jets and Green Bay Packers have now finalized this deal two days, or it was three days, prior to the 2023 NFL Draft. 
Where do you believe the New York Jets are going to go to now try to bolster their roster around their new quarterback in Aaron Rodgers? I think it's weapons. I think wide receiver at 17 to 1. They went with Garrett Wilson. I think they go for another wide receiver. Maybe a Jordan Anderson. If he's in that slot, I think it would be a great addition to their offense. The Jets now pick 15th in the opening round for Thursday's 2023 NFL draft getting started. You can see an offensive lineman to keep Aaron Rodgers upright. The heavy odds on favorite. We'll continue to break down the 2023 NFL draft up next here in the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is draft week live right here on a Tuesday on the morning after on Sports Grid? I am Ben Stevens. He is the mastermind of the pigskin. He is Joe Lisi. We continue our breakdown of the 2023 NFL draft and what might happen very early on and oh, about 57 hours from now with the Carolina Panthers on the clock with the number one overall selection. Joe Lisi and I will be in person together along with a wonderful cast and crew mike blewett adam kaplan warren sharp we will be live from atlantic city for the 2023 sports grid nfl draft special breaking down everything that is happening on thursday night from eight to midnight for the entirety of that opening round and a six-hour marathon on friday for rounds two and three from six to midnight eastern time Lisi, i cannot wait to see you in person once again i can't wait to break down the nfl draft with you as well yeah this is what it's all about i can't wait as well the first night of the draft last year we saw mm. aj brown go from the tennessee titans to the philadelphia eagles i wonder what's going to happen in terms of this coming thursday because i could tell you i believe fireworks are on the horizon some of these teams are in desperate need of a quarterback others need key players where does Tampa Bay move from 19 overall? Where Could New England be mm. on the move? That's what we have to see play out because it's going to be very interesting Thursday night. Lisi, 10 trades on draft night for the opening round of the 2022 NFL draft. Might we see more of the same here in 2023? Here is the draft order. Only 31 first-round picks this year as the Miami Dolphins had to forfeit their first-round selection because their owner, Stephen Ross, was suspended for tampering. This was part of the punishment as well. The top 10, Lisi, begins with the Carolina Panthers holding that number one overall pick. They traded with the Chicago Bears to get that first overall selection. And at this moment, Joe, with Carolina already on the clock, it seems that first pick has been determined. The 2021 Heisman winner, the quarterback from Alabama, Bryce Young, is now a minus 2,400 favorite, Joe, to be the first overall pick. Do you believe it is a done deal? Do you believe it is 100% Joe Lisi that Bryce Young will be drafted by the Carolina Panthers? Well, nothing's 100%, but I'll go as close to 100 as possible. 99.9% that it's Bryce Young, and it should be Bryce Young, right? Won the Heisman Trophy a couple of years ago, elevated himself in the biggest games possible. Over the two years 
in Alabama, Ben, over 8,000 passing yards, 79 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. In the two losses last year to Tennessee and LSU, he put his team in a position to pull those ball games out, stands in the pocket, delivers the football, always keeps his eyes down the field. The best pure passer in this draft with C.J. Stroud. But if we're talking Stroud and Young, Young is a little bit better. He's more NFL-ready, just a hint better, Mm. and that's why he's deserving of the top spot. 47 touchdown passes to only seven INTs in his Heisman-winning campaign two years ago. But last season, still incredibly clean and efficient with the football. 32 passing touchdowns, only five interceptions. Joe, he opened as the favorite to be that number one overall pick. Even after Indianapolis and the NFL scouting combine where Young did not work out in Indy, he remained the odds-on favorite. But after Carolina traded with Chicago for that first overall pick, it was Ohio State's C.J. Stroud that became the odds-on favorite only in the last two weeks to see Bryce Young flip to that odds-on favorite once again. Now a minus 2,400 price. Joe, is Bryce Young your top quarterback in this 2023 NFL draft class? He is, and the biggest thing about Bryce Young is not the physical attributes, okay? We understand the height issue. That's a non-concern for me. It's the ability to be in the moment and be unfazed. Go to three games in particular in terms of last year, right? The Texas game where he led his team and put his team in a position to pull that ball game out, never looked unfazed. The game in Knoxville, they're down 18. He's standing in the pocket, taking shots, delivering the football throws for over 400 yards, and when his team did not play well in Baton Rouge at the end of the year he made plays outside the pocket that were absolutely spectacular that's what I take away in terms of Bryce Young's game he's never unfazed in a big spot and that's what you want to see on the next level so now we go to quarterback number two perhaps in this NFL draft class CJ Stroud was at a point a minus 300 odds on favor to be that first overall selection But Joe, Stroud is now on the slide as you look at how the odds have shifted from the former signal caller from Ohio State. Joe, why do you believe C.J. Stroud's draft stock is moving down and down? I have no idea. I, you know, the, the aptitude test where he scored 18% might have something to do with it. I don't know. But all I can tell you is C.J. Stroud is one of the best pure passers in this draft class. He's deserving of the second overall pick. I said it's between him and Bryce Young, and it's not even close. I would put Hendon Hooker third over Will Levis. But at the end of the day, I see C.J. Stroud being like Tom Brady, minus the seven Super Bowls. I'm not suggesting that in terms of being on that level right here right now but if you give cj stroud a pure pocket he has the best arm in this class he can deliver the football just a pure pocket passer that goes through the reads and progressions and let's not forget that semi-final playoff loss he sliced and diced george's defense the defending national champions 328 yards Four touchdowns, no interceptions. He scrambles, put his team in a position to pull that ball game out. That's what you can't teach. He has always performed at an elite level, and I can't believe that NFL scouts are bashing C.J. Stroud. They did that with Justin Fields, and they ate their words, right? They're going to do the same with C.J. Stroud. The S2 cognition test is what you are referring to. It 
manages or at least it tests your ability to process things in game speed. CJ Stroud was in the 18th percentile of that test. Here's a better test for you. That college football playoff semifinal game against Georgia or the entirety of his college career. Yes, the passing game in college football has expanded in the past decade where a lot of the most efficient seasons or the highest passing yards numbers have happened in the last eight to 10 years. CJ Stroud is the fourth most efficient passer in the history of college football. He has two of the five most efficient passing single seasons in the history of the Big Ten Conference. If you let Stroud slide, you are making a mistake. So Joe, now we go to who is the current favorite to be that second player drafted, the number two overall pick. We have seen a ton of movement even on this Tuesday morning, Joe, where Will Levis is still the favorite at plus 210, but just about an hour ago, it was plus 165. Yesterday, Lisi, a minus money price, as Will Levis became the odds-on favorite at minus 130 to be that second overall selection. Of course, Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. So, Joe, as you see the seismic shift in the odds, I ask you, will Will Levis go number two overall? No, I'm sticking to my guns. He's absolutely not going number two overall, and I think he could slide out of the top ten just the way Malik Willis did last year. I'm not buying the hype. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I've watched Will Levis perform in the SEC good, not elite, and not deserving of the number two overall pick. We'll break that down on Thursday night, but at the end of the day, if Houston does stand pat at number two overall, I think D'Amico Ryans and that team can go defense, and you look to either Tyree Will Wilson or Will Anderson, two different types of players, but both game changers on the defensive side of the ball. If Houston remains at number two with a first-year head coach, a defensive-minded head coach in D'Amico Ryans, it would make a ton of sense to draft a defensive player at second overall. But knowing how valuable that number two overall pick is and how many teams are desperate for a quarterback, I believe the Texans should trade out of that second overall pick to acquire a ton of draft capital. Now, let me say this. If a team drafts Will Levis over C.J. Stroud, everybody in that front office will be looking for a new job in at most three years. Do not make that mistake. All right, Lisey. Now we go to some players that are going to be in the top 10, at least it would seem. There's a few players, four in fact, that have a minus money price to be a top 10 overall pick. The one with the weakest minus money price is the cornerback out of Oregon, Christian Gonzalez, a minus 200 number as of yesterday evening. We see Nolan Smith and B. John Robinson, both even money, Lisi, and then Lucas Van Ness, a defensive lineman from Iowa, and an offensive guard from Tennessee, Darnell Wright, at plus 290. These are the five best prices right now, Lisi, on the board. Out of the plus money players, who do you think is most likely to be a top 10 pick? I'm going to take a shot on B. John Robinson at number nine overall to Chicago. I think because they lost David Montgomery, to pair him with Justin Fields, a complete game changer, Ladanian Tomlinson type of player, I think at number nine overall, I would take B. John Robinson. When you look at the number nine overall pick currently for Chicago, it seems as though they might be skewing to the offensive line. But again, B. John Robinson, even money, 
plus 100 to be a top 10 pick. How many running backs might we see go in the opening round? The over under is at one and a half. One person I know I will see on Thursday night's opening round of the 2023 NFL draft. That man, the mastermind of the pigskin, Joe Lisi. Lisi, I will see you in Atlantic City for our Sports Grid draft special. I cannot wait. Can't wait. Thursday night going to be electric, baby. This is what it's all about. More of the morning after up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back live right here on the morning after on Sports Group. We put the football conversation to bed for just a little bit as we focus on the NBA playoffs in what a wild Monday night it was. A doubleheader of game number fours. First in Miami, the Heat pulling off the improbable. Then late night in Los Angeles with the Lakers taking a 3-1 series advantage over the Grizzlies to help us break everything down live right here on this Tuesday on TMA. And there's our good friend, Evan Sideri, joining us here on the morning after. Evan, what a night it was of NBA playoff action, even going into the late night hours, overtime in Los Angeles. So we appreciate you getting up early with us here on the morning after. Absolutely. Been always happy to do it. And I think, like you mentioned, last night was probably the best night of basketball. We've seen nip and tuck action for about four or five straight hours. Just incredible to watch. Just some great back-and-forth basketball, some individual and historic performances out of two very recognizable names. We start in Los Angeles, where the king, LeBron James, has all reminded us why he wears the crown. In overtime, he makes the game-sealing bucket a hoop and harm an and one as Dylan Brooks defends him, and the Lakers hold on for a 117-111 victory last night over the Grizzlies, covering as a four-and-a-half point favorite Evan what was the one thing that stood out to you last night about LeBron's performance for LA in a huge game four victory yeah with LeBron it wasn't like we it wasn't a vintage LeBron performance he wasn't putting up 30 35 points just dominating the game offensively it was more of an all-around masterpiece from LeBron where he wasn't taking a lot of usage away from his other teammates passing the ball around 22 points not really going to do much there but 20 rebounds dominating the glass five of those offensive getting huge extra possessions when needed seven assists as well just stuff the statue for him last night and it was just one of those virtuous LeBron games where you remember it more so for not his point total but more so everything else he did around with his teammates because I was just one of those games to me where easily it's been a top five LeBron performance so far in the postseason Absolutely so. He also hit the game-tying layup pretty much as time expired in regulation to send it to overtime. Desmond Bain, who had all scores last night, was sensational for Memphis. 36 points, 22 points, 20 boards for LeBron. The first 2020 game for the Lakers in the playoffs since Shaq in 2004. So now a 3-1 series lead for LeBron and LA as they will head back to Memphis on Wednesday for game number five. Evan, is this series over between the Grizzlies and the Lakers? I would say the Grizzlies have one last breath left in game five. I think they probably can win game five if they finally hit their shots because 
the Grizzlies should be up 3-1 this year is they actually just make shots. I mean, Dylan Dylan Brooks has been kind of hijacking their offense lately the last couple of games, taking just awful shots. In the second half last night, we saw Dylan Brooks get completely phased out of the offense by his teammates, and that's why they made that comeback at the end was because of that. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see Dylan Brooks really in a marginal role in a do-or-die game five. John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, all taking huge workloads offensively in that game. So I predict right now Memphis wins game five, but I think game six is where it probably ends for this team. I had the Lakers in six to begin this series. I think that's how it's going to end here. LeBron and Anthony Davis are too much for these young Grizzlies team to handle. And that's Steven Adams' loss. We see it consistently throughout this series on the rebounding defensively. That, I, I think if Steven Adams is playing in this series, Ben, the Grizzlies probably win this series. And it's unfortunate the injury happened for him and also John Morant being kind of compromised with his hand injury. But this Grizzlies team is the second youngest team in the NBA. Hopefully it bounce back next year, but it seems like the end of the road is coming soon for him. They shot less than 40% from the floor last night, just 21.4% from three. And for the second consecutive game, Dylan Brooks declines to speak with the media afterwards, saying, quote, I'm out instead of having any words to say following the game. Interesting how the tide can turn when you're not on the winning end and you don't want to poke a bear. Now we go to Miami, where the Heat were booked as a seven-and-a-half-point underdog because of the return of Giannis Antetokounmpo. His first action since early on in the opening half of the opening game of this series. And Evan early on Monday, the line was five and a half in favor of Milwaukee. After it was confirmed that Giannis would make his return to playoff action, the Bucks close as a seven and a half point favorite. Yet, Jimmy Butler had other ideas. A 56-point performance, the most ever by a Heat player in franchise history in the postseason. Evan, how has Miami jumped out to a 3-1 series lead against Milwaukee? Yeah, it's simply incredible what the Heat are doing. You're getting a subpar series at the same time for Bam Adebayo. You're missing Tyler Hero since game one. The Jane Butler show the last couple games was just incredible to watch. He's single-handedly taken over this series. He's been the best player on the court, even when Yastin Kumpo's out there. Yastin had a great game last night, a triple-double in his return, but 56 points for Jane Butler on over 60% shooting. Real quick, Ben, four players in NBA history now have had a game where they score at least 56 points on 60-plus percent shooting. Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Allen Iverson, and Jane Butler. Incredible list there. That just goes to show how dominant his performance was last night. A historic kind of game for Jimmy Butler. And that was a swing game for me, in my opinion. I have a hard time seeing now how Milwaukee can come back and win this win this series because I think they'll win game five. They'll probably go back to Miami. And that and that point, I think it's a tough, tough ask with the way Jimmy Butler is playing. If Bam out of bio gives him at least something in these next couple of games, I think they win this series. But I think, to be honest, what overshadows the Jimmy Butler performance, in my opinion, is just how bad the execution was down the stretch for the Milwaukee Bucks. Mike Budenholzer made mistakes yeah. after mistakes, not calling timeouts when momentum was swinging big towards Miami. A lot of bad play calls, in my opinion, not getting the ball on Yas's hands enough. So it was really a Bucks collapse, but also a virtuous performance from Jimmy Butler as well, where we'll remember that for years to come. Milwaukee led by 13 points, 98-85 with just about eight and a half minutes remaining, only for Jimmy to go insane and Miami to come back for a 3-1 series lead. The Bucks on the brink of elimination and for the first time, Evan Miami is booked as the favorite to win this series outright at minus 152. But tomorrow night is game number five back in Milwaukee and the Bucks are still booked, Evan, as an 11-point favorite. Giannis had a 
triple-double last night. Where is the biggest area of difference Milwaukee needs to make to get ready for game five tomorrow? I think it's the role players. I wouldn't even say role players, more so Giannis's secondary star players and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, who have not done much at all throughout this series. Very disappointing for those two players so far in the postseason against Miami. Brooke Lopez had 36 points last night in a loss, which is stunning to me where a game where Giannis is a triple-double and Brooke Lopez gives you almost 40 points, you still lose that game. But I think we're seeing right now just the rust of Chris Middleton coming back from his injury. Drew Holiday is not taking great shots at all right now. I really don't know why he's doing what he's doing offensively, hijacking possessions. But I think those two guys, in my opinion, are going to be key in game five and in the rest of the series. Because if they give him at least something on offense, at least more efficiency on the offensive end, it takes some load off Giannis to Nakupo, who I can tell is still not 100%. I saw a couple times he was still limping a little bit post-game post last night, even in the fourth quarter as well. So he's definitely not 100%. He's gutting through it and giving a great effort. But Middleton and Drew Holiday are the key to me. If they can go out and get the least good performances, I think the series will extend. The question is, who's going to stop Jimmy Butler? And that's been a question that can't be answered so yep. far. Jimmy Butler entered last night, averaging 30 points per game in the first three of this series, and then goes off for 56 last night, the fourth most points ever put up in an NBA playoff game. Milwaukee now 6-1, to one, as you saw, to win the NBA championship, the third best price. They are 3-1 to one in the Eastern Conference, where for the first time in this postseason, we now have an odds-on favorite. The Boston Celtics 7, minus 125 to win the East. They are nearly a 13-point favorite at home tonight for game number five in what would be a series clinching victory for Boston against the Atlanta Hawks. So, Evan, I ask you rather simply, is this series over tonight? Absolutely. Yeah, the nail in the coffin's coming tonight in Boston, especially after a really, really poor decision by DeJounte Murray at the end of the game in Game 4, where we saw DeJounte Murray go ahead and bump an official right when the clock was expiring, go out of his way to do that. Just a really poor decision by him in that moment. He's suspended for tonight's game. That's why the line has even ballooned even more from where it was. I saw it was 11 now to the 13, so I think it's right on the money. I think we see the Celtics come in tonight and dominate. They win by 15-plus points. I think they cover the spread tonight. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum have big games, but it's a big offseason for Atlanta now where I think, to be honest, they're in a situation where DeJounte Murray, Trey Young, John Collins, it's a lot of money to those guys and see how they reach that roster. But this is a series to me where it's definitely over. We see Boston win, I think, pretty easily tonight in Game 5. The ramifications of what that could be for the future for Atlanta. Might this be Trey Young's last series as a member of the Atlanta Hawks? We shall see. But first, we focus on Boston. Who has impressed you most, Evan, on this Celtics roster so far here in the playoffs? I'm going to go off the grid a little bit with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, the obvious choices here. But I think it's Derek White. He's been fantastic defensively. He's making clutch shots from three. He's giving you great playmaking ability as well. It's been a great trade since it happened last year with Derek White, and he continues to prove them right in that aspect where he is giving you 20 points per game right now against this Atlanta team. It's really great what he's doing, just giving you great balance as a third option with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So I think this is a, a guy to me where he's really proving the Celtics right with the price they gave for him last year, giving up a couple for a first-round pick and others as well. I think Derek White has been the underrated key to this team, and he will be an underrated key throughout the rest of this postseason as well because if he continue to make his open shots, play great defense, facilitate the ball as well, He's going to be a big, big, big key for Boston throughout the rest of the postseason. The C's not only an odds-on favorite to win the East, they are the favorites with the shortest price we have seen, plus 195, to win the entire thing. 
the NBA championship because of Milwaukee being in that 3-1 hole and still the slightly injured status at least of Giannis Antetokounmpo the Phoenix Suns now have the second best price to win the NBA championship Phoenix also an opportunity tonight Evan to win their first round series against the LA Clippers a 12 and a half point favorite is Phoenix tonight at home against the Clippers where we see that 12 and a half point number and do not expect Kawhi Leonard in the lineup for LA with Paul George on the sideline for this opening round with the potential Kawhi Leonard will miss his third consecutive game in this opening round series Evan let's start with LA how would you sum up this year overall for the Clippers just another missed opportunity it's so unfortunate because this Clippers team when they're healthy they're a 60 plus win team over an 82 game sample size when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have been playing together over these last couple years but that's been such a rare instance now where I don't know what they do moving forward here because you just simply can't trust Kawhi Leonard. You can't trust Paul George to stay healthy. And we're seeing it now. Neither guy are, neither guy is going to play tonight in game five. I think the Suns win emphatically and cover that 12 and a half point spread. But long term, I don't know what you do with this Clippers team because you put almost half a billion dollars into Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and they can't stay healthy for you. So I think, I think long term, there's big questions for them, what they're going to do with them. But yeah, I, the big question to me is the Clippers, the injury bug has just been such a big consistent issue for them that I don't know what you do long term because I've had them as a preseason favorite the last couple of years and they just can't stay healthy. Evan, this opening round series, the very least, has provided the Suns more opportunities to gel with Kevin Durant in the rotation. What have you seen in this opening round that has worked so well for Devin Booker, KD and everybody in Phoenix? Yeah, I think Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, we're seeing so far that they're a dynamic one-two punch offensively. Devin Booker getting the easiest shots of his career. Kevin Durant getting easy wide-open corner threes as well consistently. I mean, that dynamic duo can go against anyone that posts in my opinion. It's why I continue to hammer them as my title favorite. So I think Booker and KD will have big games tonight and throughout the rest of the postseason. And that's why I think they're going to be submitted as my title favorite pretty quickly. And they now have the second best odds to do just that. D-Book averaging nearly 35 points per game in the playoffs. Evan Sideri, thank you so much. We wrap up the opening hour of the morning after next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We round out this opening hour of the morning after live right here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. And I am Ben Stevens. But it doesn't stop there for the grid. The new Sports Grid app is now available at the Apple App Store. It is the ultimate sports betting companion app that you can have at your fingertips to have all the data sets you could possibly need to log in your best bet, to follow your favorite team, your favorite sport, your favorite player, whatever it may be, with all of the information necessary to be the best sports better you can be. Scan the QR code right now. The Sports Grid app, the ultimate sports betting companion app, is now available now we round out this opening hour by hearing from you a ton has happened in the western conference and two series might be in the books tonight so who is the best team out west that was the question and fade the public 
at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. Who is the best team right now, currently, in the NBA's Western Conference? The Phoenix Suns are booked as the favorite. The Denver Nuggets are the second best price, and they both, like Phoenix, have a 3-1 series lead, both playing in Game 5 on their home floor tonight with an opportunity to clinch. And Golden State, now a relatively heavy favorite to win their opening round series against Sacramento. The Lakers have a 3-1 series lead as well. So out of these four teams, who is the best in the Western Conference? Most of the public, about 39% of the public, choosing the Phoenix Suns. The Nuggets, the second most selected team, and the Lakers in third at 20%. The Lakers' price to win the Western Conference is as short as we have seen virtually all year long. Now plus 550. The Golden State Warriors, in fact, have jumped the Denver Nuggets for the second best number. Denver, the third best price at plus 330. That does it for hour number one of the morning after on this Tuesday. Hour number two is up next.